everybody welcome to building our power this is gabby and kt and we're back with another episode uh, if you'd like to contact us you can hit us up on all social media platforms at building our pwr if you'd like to contribute to the work we are doing link is in the description of how you can donate and if you'd like to join us in person you can do so link is in the description we had the pleasure with meeting a uh individual and uh they're in memphis and we hope to you know be doing some zion distribution and flyer distribution soon if you'd like to join us you can do so links in the bio um i think that's pretty much it for housekeeping yeah uh so today we are going to uh continue our reading in black arm joy uh we are at the part so what should be done and you know how we're gonna do it we're gonna read a little bit and then we're gonna comment a little bit on it all right so i'm gonna be doing the reading here uh and i'm gonna like gabby said start at so what should be done We believe in evolutionary and revolutionary change. Evolutionary change means prefiguring ourselves and immediate comrades towards organizational changes we can make on a daily basis towards our end goal of revolutionary abolition of the state. Our evolutionary changes opens the door to an insurrectional opening once the catalyzing event occurs. Revolutionary change is the accumulation of actions by the whole of the people that result in a mass movement with the goal of aiming of all humanity's resources towards the abolition of the state, capitalism, authority, and domination simultaneously. It involves the whole of humanity in constant conflictuality with forces of oppression on an interpersonal, community, national, and international level. The insurrection is a social event, which means it has social implications that span international borders. Thus, as the shackles of empire and militarization are attacked and destroyed in this nation-state, it should be made it all the more clear in other nation-states how to attack and destroy the nation-state. If America falls, so too does the manager of international capitalism and colonial oppression. The black insurrectionary position seeks to replicate the destruction of, quote, third precinct every day and the takeover of an Attica every hour until the American project is deceased and the land has been reclaimed from those who it was stolen from. In other words, it seeks endless rebellion and uncompromising counterviolence to deconstruct our violent world into the peaceful one from which it came. Since the state and fascists will not hesitate to use all weapons at their disposal to achieve its aims, so will we to achieve the complete abolition of America as a nation-state in the social, economic, political, and cultural sense. In order to prevent the isolation of black and indigenous revolutionaries and subsequent concentration of repression by the repressive state and fascist populace on our communities, the movement will necessitate the courageous actions of revolutionaries of every color, creed, and age, but especially white revolutionaries. We say this because of your historic failure to act. We refer to the words of Black Liberation's armies, quote, open letter to the white left in the U.S., quote. It should come as to no surprise, then, that the white left in modern Western nations is inhibited by their own urge for bourgeois legitimacy. 
by their own cultural racism and by the very presence of Western working class co-option. The sum of these parts add up to the revolutionary bankruptcy of the traditional white left in the modern capitalist nations, quote. We believe that for any action take by, taken by white anarchists, socialists, communists, and whatever else you all want to call yourselves to be truly revolutionary, not only must they attack the white power structure at the pressure points of capital in solidarity with other assisting forces, but they must attack the white power structure at home. This means creating the psychological break with whiteness and privilege required for establishing new relations amongst human beings and nature itself. In other words, to preserve the lives of countless of oppressed black and brown folks across the world, you all will have to betray your white privilege to become a white infiltrator with intentions of eliminating your former family, friends, and co-patriots who refuse change. Third world peoples do not have the time to wait for the, quote, difficult conversations you had during summer 2020 while now, at the beginning of 2022, we have endured numerous show trials since the 2020 uprising, illustrating the American justice system's desire to avoid further rebellions by masses by convicting infamous murders like Chauvin and Potter, while the rest of the pigs get away with murder and assault every day. This means white revolutionaries organizing their own anti-fascist teams to combat the state and fascist racism beyond just staging counter demos. In the example of Michael Rainhole, shoot to kill. All right, so just a recap of that. Uh, mainly what I took from it was saying that, you know, this insurrectionary action is an international ordeal. And we know that, uh, you know, if we're able to accomplish these things in America it will literally change the world. Like, we're attacking the colonizers-in-chief at the moment. Mm-hmm. The Some of the, the most uh, destructive forces in the world are uh, right in America and are determining policy for everybody, determining how much people are going to get paid, their quality of life all around the world. Yep. And so, in our fight, we must always be international international thinking because when it comes down to it to the nitty-gritty we all fighting the same person we're all fighting the same structures um whether it be i mean mainly the number one obviously capitalism but then everything else patriarchy uh misogyny homophobia all that stuff in order to uh like that's that's our goal and i i saw some on twitter and it was somebody that was posting about the countries where it's illegal to be gay. <laughs> and, of course, it was a lot of uh, Latin American countries, a lot of African countries. And they were saying, like, oh, you know the, you know the implications of that. It's kind of just like, well, we're the, we're the uh, progressive countries. Of course. All those other people, they're not progressive like us. Um, I Googled it. Quote unquote, same sex uh, activities didn't get legalized in America everywhere until 2003. Like, let's not do that. And let's not, let's, let's, let's be devoid of history. Let's just think it's because these people are just backwards and it's because they're brown and because they're black that they have this rampant homophobia. Let's not talk about 
Americans, British, Europeans, literally coming to people minding their own businesses, having their own views on sexuality, gender, literally living their own lives, and saying, this is the Bible, you follow it or you die. Colonialism. And then teaching in them, yes, we're going to oppress you, we're going to oppress you so bad, but who? Mm -hmm. You can let out that frustration by oppressing another group. We encourage that because it allows you to stay to stay loyal to us, not look at what we're doing and put all your energy into another group with less power. So literally everything, when you get down to it, as far as if Americans, everything comes back to us and to the, and to the, uh, the European countries. When we talk about the, the extreme poverty around the world, and we talk about the the human rights, quote-unquote, violations. 99% of the time, it was because of the governments and the places that we live that things are like that. So if we're not thinking internationally, if we're just thinking, oh, we're just going to do this for America. Oh, we just want America to become a communist country or anarchist. You're, you're already, you're not thinking far ahead. It's, it's still very, very selfish, in my opinion. Also, you know, they were talking about uh, how for white people, it's not just about, you know, I'm radical and I am, you know, trying to practice radical politics. Like, how is that translating to your personal relationships? Are you still cool with the the your uncle that thinks that all black people are animals or that everybody needs to be locked up, that their culture is degenerate? Are you still cool with your mama who says the N-word on the slick? Like, there's things you got to think about. There's things you literally have to think about because this is not no game. And that, that reminds me of that thing, the euphoria girl. I don't even know who, who I, she I'm is. To, yeah, I was literally about to mention Well, that. I'll let you talk about that. But anyways, no, this, this is real life. This is a practice. And it's not even with white uh, supremacy. You, you straight people. Mm. You straight people around the world, y'all over here saying, especially these cis women, y'all over here saying, oh, yes, don't be, I'm I'm an ally. <laughs> I'm an ally to the LGBTQ plus community. But you're dating openly homophobic people. You don't call out your family members when they talking bad about another family member y'all su- just suspect is gay. You're not cutting people off from that. That's, that's trivial. You're, you're not going to ruin relationships because of that. Well, you're not serious. If you're not willing to, uh, to stand firm on what you believe at your house. Yeah. How in the world do I expect that you're going to do something when it comes to the doggone government? You, y'all not even did that. Let's work on that first, people. Let's work on that first. I was going to talk about uh, what you said. But what I was thinking about is the comfort, comfortability. Like you said, if you cannot even do this at home, what makes you think you're going to be able to do this to random strangers? You should be at your max comfort level when you're home. If you can't have these uh, quote-unquote difficult conversations during that time, then you're not serious. What I was going to talk about is the, the Sydney thing on Twitter that Gabby was mentioning. I don't, I don't literally know who this lady is at all, but she literally was like, 
caught, quote-unquote, um, with a Blue Lives Matter thing on her Instagram. And then she was also caught in a hat that said, Make 60 Great Again, which was a parody to Make America Great Again, we know, with Trump. Um, and the, the liberals were going crazy on it. They were basically saying, she needs to apologize to Joe Biden. I don't think that's true, but I do think that well, white people who claim to be revolutionary, white people who claim to be liberal, they claim that they're doing this, this, and this, and that they're best, even myself, um, we have to be looking at ourselves internally and at our homes, and we have to say, are we currently... Like, in our own comfortability, in our own spaces, are we actually doing something to make a radical change with racism, with sexism, uh, with capitalism? Are we talking to our family members about these things? Are we making ourselves uncomfortable uh, in these situations? Because, honestly, I feel like a lot of times people are like, well, I live with them and it's going to make it uncomfortable. And um, it's just it's just weird. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't. No, you should. Always. It doesn't matter if it, if it makes you uncomfortable at all. Because black people, indigenous people are uncomfortable every single day. That they're still living underneath capitalism. They're still living underneath uh, racial capitalism. Racism. This entire country was built on genocide of black indigenous people. So we cannot... If something's so hard, it should not be hard for you to just go to your family members and say, no, don't say that. That's racist. No, don't do that. Let's do this instead, which is actually going to make a material difference for people long term. Yeah, but that's the thing. You know, people talk about John Brown and they're like, oh, we need I don't, John literally Brown. don't care. But here's the thing. The John Brown of right now. Is you going over there and you calling out your family members and you putting them on blast and you exposing them for their racist behavior, their racist practices on the job and how they they uh literally talking like they're about their black employees like a dog, not giving promotions, all that other stuff. That's the John Brown. You have to be a race traitor. Yeah, whiteness in itself is not just. Oh, it's just it's just what I am. It's just a identifier. It's just an identifier of your it, color. No, it has no, been. White is a political yes. a political class. Mm-hmm. Whiteness itself is not just the color. It brings everything with it. Yes. So you have to be willing to say, I denounce all this shit stands for. I did I denounce anything white supremacist. I denounce even the the name the uh the the idea of whiteness from myself. And by doing that, you will lose majority of your white friends. One hundred percent. And and here's my thing: if you're scared about losing friends that are racist, are you really caring about the other people? If you're scared of losing friends that are transphobic or homophobic, do you really care about trans people? Something that's interesting to me is how people are always like, well, you know, maybe I can change their mind. Maybe I just try and talk to them and, like, uh, hold hands with them. Kind of how, like, it's the same conversation that liberals have about how we should hold hands across the uh 
across the aisle with the Republicans or uh, communists, I've heard, say on Twitter that we should hold hands with Nazis to try and get certain things done. And I just feel like if you are having that kind of thought process, I just feel like you're not, you're not, you're not, something isn't clicking there. Because these people live in the same America that you do, okay? And you can give these people all the resources in the world. But if they are going to continue after that first time, you've acknowledged it, you've let them know, hey, you're, you're going through or you have white privilege and you're literally doing this, this, and this in order to uh, gain power in this world or even continue the power that you already have in this world, they're lost cause. Next. Next, and there's no reason to even whatever. You know what that reminds me of? We were all talking about FD signifier. Yes. And we were talking about, you know, he's doing this whole thing on the manosphere, which, I mean, it's cool. I mean, he's, he's calling out, you know, some of these reasons that, you know, these cishet men are doing what they're doing. You know, why are all these white men shooting up the place? He didn't get into the, the, polit- the uh, economic thing like we did, but, I mean, he hit on some stuff. But something that I think is really lacking when it comes to these conversations, even like when it comes to telling the white people about their white privilege, it's not just about telling people that something exists. It's not just about telling men that patriarchy exists, exists, and that's why you're feeling so bad. It's about telling them that There is no other option but the entire uprooting and destruction of that system. And what does that entail and what does that look like? We can talk all day about, I acknowledge my white privilege. (laughs) I acknowledge that as a man, women have it hard. I acknowledge that there's homophobia and there's trans people. You have a really hard time. And I'm going to, it's not even about calling out no more. We have to destroy it. So what does that what does that mean? You will lose friends. You will be seen as a fanatic. People yeah. won't talk about you. They don't think you will be ostracized. Mm-hmm. Because we're pushing for a system that goes entirely against every single thing every single one of us has been taught from birth. Yep. You have to be willing to do that. There's no skirting around. If you, it just is what it is. Yeah, I agree with you. There's also a part that's like, we understand that obviously you coming to a more quote-unquote radical process of thinking and understanding that everything does have to be deconstructed. Like, that's a process in and of itself coming to that thought. But like... Once you start thinking, okay, there's patriarchy. What's the root cause of patriarchy? What's the root cause of misogyny? Well, patriarchy. What's the root cause of white supremacy? What's the root cause of uh, fat phobia? What's the root cause of ableism? What's the root cause, like, of all these things? You're finally going to be like, oh, ding, ding, ding. A a light bell is going to go off in your brain. And you're just like, okay, yeah, you're you're totally right. We definitely need to destroy this. Because there is no way that we as people uh, who want 
actual liberation are going to get it anyway. Not a, you can do a million community gardens all you want. You can do a million um, debates. debates. You can do a million mutual aid drives. It has got to be destroyed at the end of the day. Yeah. At yeah. the end of the day, that it's got to it's got to go. There's no saving, not a single part of it. It has to be burnt down and it has to be rebuilt underneath the guise of people's liberation and their soul autonomy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's a consistent it's a consistent effort. I just want to talk about yeah. this thing. This ain't got nothing to do with this. But it kinda does. <laughs> okay, so I made a little uh reaction on building our power about people talking TikTok. about on the Build Our Power TikTok about yeah. people talking about how all these cis lesbians now are coming out and it's a lot of hate towards, you know, uh gender non-conforming women, studs, butches, um, people who fit outside of the typical woman look at the mm. typical femme look. And that's another conversation on how you have to be intentional just because you are a part of a group that is oppressed or marginalized. You may be poor. You may be gay. Yep. You may be trans. You may be disabled. Just because you are a part of that group does not automatically mean that you are not operating in a reactionary politics. Correct. What's happening now is with the overt transphobia and a lot of people not even, they're not worried about the gay marriage no more. Gay people already got married. Uh, you know, they've assimilated, the, the gays and the lesbians pretty much have assimilated into white supremacy, into capitalism now. Right. The folks ain't really studying them. So now it's all about trans people. You know, they're a threat, they're a threat, they're a threat. These bourgeois lesbians want to keep that little sliver of, of assimilation that they are now throwing anybody who does not fit into the traditional womanhood out of the group and kicking them out and saying, you go over there, we represent the real uh, lesbians, we represent the real view of a woman. And so... What 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 I'm saying all this to say is even in those groups, even within myself, this stuff is so deep inside you won't even know that you're operating in that. You won't even know you're operating in cis heteropatriarchy. You just like, well, I'm just living my life. But no, you literally, like I say every single time, you have to be intentional about how you thinking, how you moving within the world. Because if everybody and their mama is telling you one thing. It, it's hard to get that that uh, frame of thinking out of your head. Yeah, I agree. Um, one last thing, I want to go back to what they were talking about here with the the whiteness, uh, and they quoted Black Liberation Army's open letter to the white left in the U.S. Definitely a, a good read. We should read that too on here. Um, but it says it should come. It should come as no surprise then that the white left in modern Western nations is inhibited by their own urge for bourgeois legitimacy. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, not just with the, the cishet lesbians, or cishet, not just these cis lesbians, uh, not just... Uh, not just these quote-unquote fascists that... Uh, are like Donald Trump and things like that. These uh, white supremacist people, not quote unquote, but they they are fascists and things. Um, but also the white left. We are so caught up 
in more so how can I gain power myself mm -hmm. as opposed to liberation. Just like Gabby was mentioning, the FD signifier, whenever he was doing on the Manosphere thing, a lot of what he talks about, I feel like it ends up coming back around to how can men continue the power that they have or mm -hmm. regain the power that they felt like they lost mm -hmm. in some sense. Mm -hmm. And so... um the goal, while we say we, while we are building our power, that the hour is the loudest part in that, because we want complete liberation of everybody, not just us. We do not believe in status solutions. We do not support efforts to seize state power either. Each of our methods is means towards an ends of abolishing the state. We prefer methods of decentralized organization based on common affinities. Once they are formed, we should grow these networks among local groups to national and international networks of above ground and underground self-organized resistance. We prefer making decisions in a series of votes and consensus gaining meant to garner understanding and establishing solidarity among comrades in our network and in our communities. We encourage in exchanging skills, arts, and trades and exploring new ones to eventually teach others as we create new structures for employment and self-organization within our communities. We will have to develop our own autonomous trade unions and apprenticeships to challenge the state and white racism. We currently observe what we can be con what can be considered low intensity warfare among the young people in the communities. We must initiate the creation of forums and safe spaces to discuss community led interventions to deter, redirect, and reduce the violent and criminal activities in our communities. At which point, the hatred, despair, and de desolation that plagues our communities will be converted into revolutionary armed joy against the state and capitalism. We observe that we that we must cultivate a revolutionary culture to provide a counter hegemony to the dominant themes of intercommunal violence and personal robbery offered by reactionary rappers Lil Durk, King Bond, Pushasti, Dolph, Nudie, and other celebrities in their music and even the sports celebrities. These celebrities have been given amenities and been propped up by the white power structure for a reason. This does not mean we can't mourn them or enjoy their arts and talents, but we should understand their purpose and functions. There is a reason that rap went from an art form that inherently conflictual, underground, and countercultural to one that's been co-opted and mass-produced for profits and for white people. A reactionary life of drugs, money, and fame may be appeasing to some, but we must somehow invent ways to make the coming insurrection more appealing to black youth. We can build new futures based on our own dreams and communities. We we must develop a new sense of care for one another and develop solutions to the violence by any means necessary. Let it be known, we can attack the state and white supremacy and build our communities simultaneously. Black on black is a white invention, as is crime itself. Abolish the criminal justice system. Free all political prisoners. Free Larry Hoover. Free Tay K. Free Palestine. Okay, we're going to end there. So, um... Something that we're talking about is, you know, anarchists, obviously not communists. We're uh, trying to not necessarily become the government, mm -mm. become that power, but do it good. No, 
We're trying to live in a society, a non-hierarchical society in which a small group of people does not decide the fate of the rest of the, com- the, the community. Everybody should have an equal say in the way they want to live their life. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we differ. And um, they were also talking about, you know, how to engage the, the young people because young people obviously they especially here they graduate high school barely quote unquote at the grade level and then they have no prospects out of high school except for going to work at the doggone warehouse and even if you go to college you come back and there's nothing to do with it a lot of people, a lot of young kids are feeling the despair, the weight of the world. They're feeling hopeless because, honestly, there is no way out. There's no way out of poverty except to play sports and to rap. And then we get mad at the kids saying, you should dream bigger. You should want to become a doctor. How in the world are they going to become a doctor when they came out of, out of high school, really could write a paper? And they don't even have money to afford this stuff. So the kids are feeling it and they have no way of, of letting that, that, that anger, the angst out. The, they, they see the contradictions, but they have no, no way of uh, doing anything about it. So without trauma, I mean, without therapy and all this trauma, they start to exert this violence on each other because that's all they got. And so what they're saying is we have to come in there and give these kids a safe space to express themselves and then give them, you know, give them the real on this is why you feel this way. This is the way that the world works. This is what we can do about it. And, uh, yeah, because, I mean, yeah, because right now the only people I remember when I was their age, wasn't nobody talking about that. The only thing they said was, uh, Go to college, get an education, your life is going to change. Just don't do drugs. Just don't have sex. And then your life is just automatically going to be good. But they see that it don't work. Um, And then another thing that we're talking about is, uh, you know, how hip-hop has has become and has been for a very, very long time a reactionary uh, media um, and how uh, white White people obviously own all these companies, and the messages that they're putting out are reactionary messages. And any type of revolutionary anything is gone completely. Nobody, maybe no name, but nobody, I'll say, that's out here in uh, in the mass media is speaking to our problems. And it's trying to make a difference in it. That's why they're rich. They would not be rich if they were helping us fight this. They want stuff to stay the same. The most they're going to tell you is that, yeah, this country is messed up. They will give no solutions and they will not aid you in this fight against the destruction of these systems. So we cannot look to them. They are they are helping to in, to reinforce these same structures. We look to them, and they're telling us life is all about money. Life is all about grinding. Uh, forget who you can step on. You don't need no friends. You don't need no community. All you need is that bag. 
And it's literally teaching American dream, American ideals to our youth and packaging up it up as something cool. And um, that's, that's how our kids get brainwashed into thinking that, you know, capitalism is good, even though their lives don't reflect it. Yeah, literally all of that. The, the kids are where it's at. We have to figure out a way. People as a whole have to figure out a way to um, get the get the children into revolutionary politics, get the children into revolutionary uh, understandings. We have got to get that because once you start, just like once you start giving that information to children, and you can explain it to them, and they can understand it. What they can do with that information as they grow older, that that follows from generation to generation. We wonder how capitalism got so big, but it's because from generation to generation, white supremacy has just been continued over and over and over. And so it just multiplies, right? The same we can literally do the same thing with anti-hierarchy, anti-capitalism revolutionary thinking, uh, anti-reactionary thinking with the children. We can do the same thing. Yeah. We have to. I mean, there's... We have to, right. Or it's never be... Like, maybe capitalism, like, obviously capitalism and stuff like that probably will not be destroyed in our lifetime. But there is definitely the hope that in one of these lifetimes of hopefully either our children's or our children's children, so on and so on, Maybe one day they can be free. And to me, like personally, that that right there is enough hope. That one day, these children, one day, these adults, one day, they will no longer have to suffer underneath the white supremacist structure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting because, you know, people call us the, the, the cynics. <laughs> they call us, you know, the doomerism. Right. How is it doomerism when we're saying there's a way out? How is it doomerism when we're saying this stuff has to be done? It's doomerism is saying I'm just going to play the game because because I I just don't see the 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 fight. I just don't see the ending is near. Yeah. I'm just going to continue to do my job. I'm just going to continue to clock in until my body breaks down and I'm dead on the floor in the middle of the warehouse. That's doomerism. We're giving hope. And we're trying to give solutions and we're trying to uh, get solutions from everybody. We're trying to make something pop. So, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, this is went over. But let us know what you think. I, we're, I really am enjoying this, this passage. Hopefully we'll be done by next week. Maybe not. Um, if you have any comments, you can hit us up on social media at BillingRPWR. If you'd like to donate to the work we are doing in the community, you can do so. We just stocked the pantry uh, this week, and uh, it was gone by the time we came back today. Yeah. So, uh, if you'd like to contribute to that, you can. If you would like to uh, join us in person, you can do that. Link is in the description as well. All right, this has been Gabby. And Katie. And this has been Building Our Power.